today, before I go uh, start talking about uh, Activator, I, I want to talk to you about something that I find very important in, in my practice. <clears throat> and that is dealing with special needs kids, with kids on the spectrum. When I was in college, uh, I went to SUNY Albany, New York. And in my junior year, one of my friends in biology, I was a biology major, one of my friends said, you've got to work uh, with me in this place called the Home for Developmentally Disabled. You've got to work with me there. I think you're really going to love it. And um, I said, oh, you know, that's, that's not really for me. You know, I really like um, working with uh, kids like that. And she's like, if you're going to, at this time, I wasn't even thinking about being a chiropractor. She said, well, if you're thinking about being a doctor, that's what I was thinking about, you, you're going to have to work with kids with all different kinds of issues, uh, so you, you better get used to this. Uh, so, and, and there's a job opening, and I've suggested you to them, and I really think you should do it. I said, okay, I'll go there. I'll check it out. <clears throat> I interviewed with them, and I got the job, and uh, pretty much because of Erica, and um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I did not expect to love it. I was afraid of kids with differences and adults for that matter too. I was afraid um, of, of uh, kids on the spectrum. I was afraid of kids with people with Down syndrome. I was afraid with people in wheelchairs. And I'm not blaming my parents, but it, it really came a lot from my parents because my parents used to say, like, if we would see someone in a wheelchair, my parents would say, don't look at them. You know, don't look at them. Don't make eye contact. You know, don't. They don't want to be noticed, etc. So I was. I got very fearful of that whole population, and you know, Erica very smartly said to me, um, fellow biology major, she like, if you're going to go into the health sciences, you've got to get over this fear. And little did I know, thirty some odd years later, that not only did that start me getting over my fear, it started me actually on a path towards actually working with them. And probably one out of every three child new patients that we see is a kid on the spectrum. Um, so I, I had, a, it was a tremendous experience. And I realized uh, then, and more so even now, how special these kids are. Uh, and I don't like the term special needs. I think that's a really, it's a poor term. I don't know why they even use that. Because it's not special they don't have special needs. They're just special kids. They're special people. Uh, and, but they have unbelievable intelligence. And, and they have especially unbelievable intelligence in like very small, narrow areas. So it's very often not seen. But we had two uh, kids, uh, kiddos came in last uh, week who were both on the spectrum. Very similar, both uh, uh, born as males, both like three or four or five years old both minimally speaking, um, both recent diagnosis of autism, you know, within the autism community. And the, the scary thing is, is that, you know, when, when, when you go to most doctors and they give you an autism diagnosis, the autism diagnosis is handed out kind of like a vitamin. Like, here's the autism diagnosis. Good luck with that. Maybe see you know, ABA therapist, maybe you know, work occupational therapy or something, but good luck with that. 
no explanation, no understanding, no like analysis. Most of the autism diagnosis is based on observation and checklists. What the mom says about them, what the doctor says on the checklist, and then they put it together and now the kid has autism. But they don't, like, if you really ask anybody, what's going on with that kid's brain, nobody knows. Nobody talks about it, nobody thinks about it, nobody questions it. So what I do when a person comes into my office, when they have a kid who's on the spectrum, or a kid with learning disorders, or a kid with ADHD, whatever it is, is the first thing we're going to look at is their brain. <clears throat> I mean, that's to me, the single most important thing we have to study is their brain. And... <clears throat> A couple of days ago, it was Monday, I had another kid on who's, well, probably on the spectrum, but they haven't been diagnosed yet. Kid's three years old. And after I was done with the exam, yeah, uh, I, you can bring it in. After they were done with the, exam, with, with the exam, the mom said to me, well, do you think my child has autism? Now, first off, are we allowed as chiropractors to make a diagnosis like that? No way. Right? So I won't touch that with a 10-foot pole. So I said, you know, I can't say whether or not the child has autism, but here's the thing I want you guys to get at, because it's not the diagnosis. Like, I really, it doesn't matter whether they have an autism diagnosis or not, or a learning disorder diagnosis or not, or ADHD diagnosis or not, or no diagnosis. I don't care what their diagnosis is. My care is the same, because I base my care on where am I finding subluxations, number one, and where am I finding brain interference and brain issues, number two. So I don't need a, di a just because they have, okay, this child has autism, this child has ADHD, this child is whatever. That doesn't change what I'm doing. The name doesn't change. And that's what I told the mom. I said, the name doesn't change what I do. What changes what I do is what I find. What I find on our exam is going to change how I take care of this munchkin. So what print reflexes we find and what eye issues we find and all these other things we've been talking about this whole quarter. <clears throat> these are the things we're looking for and that will make the difference. But the two kids from last week who both had the autism diagnosis, the interesting thing that happened after I was done with them is both moms said, like, nobody's ever looked at my child like this before. They never, nobody's ever talked about the brain before. And one of the mom was practically almost in tears saying, thank God we found you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank God we found you. And I, like, that, to me, there's no more, like, humbling experience than a mama bringing in their kid to you, feeling like, like, you, I, I'm looking to you to be, like, a guiding hope for us. Right? <clears throat> And what's interesting is, is I adjusted this other kiddo yesterday, and she, she's got some issues also. And the father is looking at me adjusting this child, and I'm doing very gentle, sustained contact because the child's probably on the spectrum. And I'm always going to start off my adjustments in a super gentle way. <clears throat> and when I was done, and I explained to him I was adjusting her, and when I was done, the dad said to me, well, when are you going to adjust her? And I said, I just did. And even though I explained this whole thing to him, right, people are so, like, focused, and they think that chiropractic is a thing. 
you know, it's what, unfortunately, we have taught them, especially the YouTube and Internet has taught them. Chiropractic is this cracking, popping. He says, so you're not going to crack or popper? And I, and I was very clear on discussing this with the dad. Yeah, there's no, that's not what we're doing. My, my goal is to reset her nerve system. So I, I, the reason I bring this up is because <clears throat> when you look in a mom or dad's eyes and they look at you and they're like, we, we never even thought about the things that you talked about. We never, nobody ever tested my child this way. They're, they're just, they're basing their diagnosis. They're, they're, ABA therapy, it, it, it's not wrong or bad, but ABA, that's, that's behavioral, applied behavioral analysis. It's all about changing behavior. Is autism a behavioral problem? No, it is a brain problem. So you might be able to alter some behaviors because of repetition, but you're not going to change the brain unless you change it directly. And that's what chiropractic adjustments do through neuroplasticity. That's what, <clears throat> um, that's what primitive reflex exercises and eye exercises, those work directly on the brain. And that's what people are looking for. And that's why I'm telling you this, because people are looking for what we are talking about. They may think that chiropractic is about cracking and popping, or whatever, and let them think that. But when when we see the results, because we invariably, after 10 visits, start seeing results, and after 20 visits, really start seeing results. When we see the results, it doesn't make a difference what they thought chiropractic was going to be for their kid. What makes a difference is the results, because their brain is changing. Their brain is morphing. And that's what we do. <clears throat> that's what we offer it that is different. So when you guys graduate, like some of you guys are graduating soon, when you guys graduate, um, the world out there is telling you this is what the world thinks chiropractic is. Don't conform to what the world is asking you to do. Do what you think is right. Do what you feel is the right path, right? So our thought process is that every kid's brain is different and based upon where they are in terms of their brain strength as to what sort of adjustments would work good as where they are with their brain strength is what exercises we're going to give them so we are formulating an adjustment and exercise protocol based upon the presentation of the child not based upon a diagnosis and not based upon what they think this child needs so i'm not doing anything about what they think is going on i'm doing stuff based upon what that child's brain and nerve system is telling me at this moment and we will change those things as we see improvements and changes not in behavior but improvements and changes in quantifiable tests so we see quantifiable changes we make quantifiable changes in our adjustments and in our exercises but it's the, the key to understand is <coughs> That the basis is not controlled by public opinion. It's controlled by data. What does the data of the... Because that's what I was telling the dad. Well, he's like, why didn't you give her the regular crack-crack adjustment? I said, the data of your child shows me that's not the way to go. The data 
I'm seeing of your child says we start here. And when the data improves, then we change. So don't ultimately, the, the point is, don't succumb to pressure. Don't do what they think chiropractic is. You do what you think chiropractic is. Do what's best for the child, not what's best for what the parent's perception of what's best for the child. The parent might think, well, I want the child to get a crack and a pop. Not that that's bad or wrong, but is it right for their nerve system? Is it right for... If this kid was so fearful that if I did that sort of adjustment, that child would never come back. How did that serve? You know, all right, fine, I'll do what you want. You don't see them again. That doesn't serve the child because that you need the neuroplasticity takes time, right? Frequency, intensity, duration. Frequency, intensity, duration. That creates neuroplastic neuroplastic changes. An adjustment is a great thing, one adjustment, but it's not enough to really truly create the neuroplastic changes that we're looking for. <clears throat>